You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, king of the casters. I'm your host, NB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper is asleep under my feet right now. Don't worry, he's a dog. I mean... Still probably shouldn't have my feet on a dog, but still. <laughs> He's liking it. Interesting. Brandon, I'm going to throw you a bone here. All right. You didn't want to do this episode. <laughs> I know you didn't want to do this episode. So we're going to open with talk about something that you will want to talk about. Uh, even though we decided it wasn't kaiju-y enough to warrant a, mo- uh, a whole episode, the Suicide Squad just came out. It did. And we both saw it independently, and we both really liked it. We did. You want to talk about your feelings on the Suicide Squad before we go into full <laughs> Okja talk? I mean, I really liked Okja, but sure. Um, so I had uh, a fun time with the Suicide Squad. The, the, it's important now. The, the Suicide Squad. They really had to emphasize that, because the, they're basically a, making a sequel in the same name to a movie that was... Very not well received. Yeah. Um, I this think is Katana. She's got my back. I'd advise not getting killed by her because her sword, sword traps, traps the, the souls, souls of, of its enemies. Victims. Of its victims. <laughs> of its victims. Yeah. Same guy. I didn't realize that. It's the same yeah, actor. Yeah, it is. Re- same character. character. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Hi, Harley Quinn. Well, I love you, perfume. What is that? The stench of death? But so. in The Suicide Squad, both characters... Well, not Katana. Katana's not in it. But Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn are much better. <laughs> yes. I, I must say, I was like, if you keep if you keep quoting the Suicide Squad, I will continue taking psychic damage. <laughs> Roll a d20. I could keep it. I could no, keep Please don't. <laughs> what are we? Some sort of Okja? <laughs> uh, so, overall, though, um, it was a really good time. Um, it was really, we, we, yeah, we discussed it. It was very close to what we would consider a full kaiju movie, but I think it it needed to uh, Starro needed to appear in like more of the movie. He probably in runtime. We discussed in runtime. Yeah, he's, he's probably in as much as a typical Toho Godzilla movie, uh, a Godzilla's presence. Mm. But when Godzilla's not on screen, everyone's talking about Godzilla. He's like Poochie. When Poochie's not on screen, everybody's saying, where's Poochie? So they go, where's Godzilla? So, but Starro fact... is like a tw- kind of a twist. We know Starro exists early on, mm. but and you know the marketing tells us Starro's a kaiju. But mm. the story itself doesn't reveal that kaiju Starro's a thing until the third act. Yeah, I feel like if, I think the difference would be if Starro <laughs> was like, attacking the city at the start and they contained him in the second half and he came back in the third that'd yeah. be different yeah but like the fact that you don't even know what he is if you didn't follow like any of the promotional things for like the yeah. first half where it's just people go into that building and they don't go out that's bad yeah like and we like see a smaller version of star earlier but we have no indication that he's gonna be a giant kaiju so so yeah we we decided not to count it mm. It was very close, though, and I will say that Star- Starro is a really fun kaiju monster. He is. He's bright. He's colorful. He will enslave your mind. All checks. <laughs> ah. 
That's uh, that's actually my Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write that in. <laughs> I'm Loves bright, walks on the beach. Co- bright, colorful, will enslave your mind. <laughs> Oh, oh god, that just sounds like emotional abuse, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what's more emotional abuse than, you know, throwing a starfish on your face and controlling you? I think it was very... It was funny when early on in the movie... Well, I mean, a starfish is slang for butthole, so a lot of people have those on their face sometimes. Oh, I just hurt my nose from that fucking... Uh. Whenever I make a sex joke, Brandon facepalms so hard... They might as well be slapping himself in the face. Um, and that time, he felt it. <laughs> oh, I gotta just massage my nose here. <laughs> okay. So, um... But yeah, this is not a Suicide Squad podcast. I need to, I need to okay, you can talk about it more. Give, give me this. <laughs> Throw so, it to me when you're done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think it was a really fun time. I think Star was a really fun enemy. Or really fun kaiju. Um, overall, it was a such a fun movie. I loved, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh, this is the best movie of the year entirely or anything, but like, it was just a lot of fun and it was very clear that James Gunn was like, I'm going to take, I'm going to basically going to just remake 2016's movie, but like with the, with the, the soundtrack, all this, you know, licensed music, all this kind of style to it, but just like make it good. <laughs> and I think they did that very well. I, I think it's a really fun time and I've been listening to the soundtrack all this weekend so it's a fun time go check it out on hbo max if it uh, hasn't left yet or in theaters because uh yeah it's a dying industry please save it but it is very fun seeing that in the theater yeah. like it, it's the kind of difference where yeah we saw i you know nolan and i saw that in the theater separately and it's a really fun experience i think my theater going habits going forward and you know in case things don't shut down too much what withstanding it's kind of like for the ones I really, really want to see, I'll go in a theater. But then otherwise, I mean, home theater, I got a nice home theater set up. I personally love supporting films by going out to the theaters. Uh, especially little weird shit. Uh, like, saw Pig and The Green Knight recently. Both of those are kind of contention for my favorite movie of the year. I need to get distance and see which one I'm still, like really jazzed on as we get closer to the end of the year uh but so anyways enough suicide squad talk this isn't a suicide squad podcast this isn't squadzilla king of the suicides i hope not (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a very dark (laughs) podcast this is a kaiju podcast Mm -hmm. and we've got my favorite kaiju to talk about today your favorite ever yes you sure of the ones we've seen. Are you sure? The, um... I mean, look at the name. <laughs> I'm sure. I will stick by this. Okay. Alright. That Okja is my favorite kaiju. Okay. Alright. Because we're talking Okja today. Yes. For a, um, a special agreement we have made between both of us. Um, today's episode is going to be Okja. So we're going to have that fun time doing that. And then... Come in a few months from now, when a certain show is getting its last season, uh, we're gonna start talking about the rest of that show. Yeah, I have no idea why we're doing Brooklyn Nine Nine on a <laughs> on a Godzilla podcast. Uh, 
really doesn't fit at all, but but you talked me into it. Anyways, uh... <laughs> it's not Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's... We pretty much gave it away in the last episode, but we are still playing Koi. So, uh... It's a show where titans get attacked, I mm. believe. Yes, it's that one. So it's, it's a little obscure one. You know, probably never heard of it. So, uh, yeah, let's talk Okja. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Okja, Brandon? I mean, I've already seen this movie. Um, I yeah. saw it. I saw it like when it first came out in 2017. <laughs> I would say I think I I think I had a better time the second watch. Because I kind of knew the overall steps what was happening. I think that's always interesting about a second watch. <laughs> is like, with the first watch, you're kind of getting all these new details. New things, new things. But like, the second time through, you notice things that you didn't notice the first time. And you get a greater appreciation because you kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like you, you know, you've been on this ride before. You kind of know where it's going, so you kind of admire the scenery more. And do some more interesting looking and stuff. Um, I enjoyed it pretty... I enjoyed it well the first time. I really enjoyed it this time. So, now my turn. Mm. When Okja first released, I watched it five times. Within what time period? Within a summer. Okay. Okay, that's better. I thought I meant, I think I meant like, back to... Like, like you start in the movie, and you're like, play from beginning. <laughs> nah. The only... I only do that with Aaron Sorkin movies because I'm bad at being a leftist and I like <laughs> neoliberal garbage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Okja. I'm a big Bong Joon-ho fan. Uh, but surprisingly, I think Parasite's his weakest movie of the ones I've seen. Like, which, you know, is controversial take. Because Parasite is by far his most popular movie. Won him Best Director at the Oscars and, and best, best Picture. And Best Picture. And it's a solid film. But Okja's better. Oh, dang. Okja is so good. We got the hot, we got the hot Okja, takes today. Okja hits a perfect balance, I feel, in Bong Joon-ho's style. Because my one complaint about his filmography, I'd say... Is uh, and this isn't as individual films. This is just as a whole. He tends towards cynicism a little bit, which you know isn't isn't a problem in any one individual film. I'm not gonna get down on Snowpiercer for having a sad ending. And Okja, while it does, well, it's definitely got a kind of cynical, sad ending. It also has hope. It is a very hopeful film that at least gives the main characters a happy ending, which you don't see in Bong Joon-ho movies usually. Yeah, I was going to mention, um, as a side note, if if this was a more cynical movie, the environmentalists would have been, like, super, like, in it for money or something. Yeah. You know? And they they really weren't, and that was a little They, they are still parodied a bit. They are. But yeah. it's... It's a light parody. It's yeah. Bong Joon Ho does not think much of nonviolence. <laughs> He's a direct action revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of jokes about nonviolent uh, eco terrorists. <laughs> so, like overall, though, so you watched it five times over the course of the summer. What do you feel about it now? 
I love it more each time. I can... This film works on every level for me. Every aspect that a film can be good on, I think it's good to great on. It is... If I were to redo... It made my top 10 of 2017. If I were to redo my top 10 films of 2017, it probably would reach the top which it didn't at the time despite watching it five times in one summer i remember the indicator but uh but i definitely think if i read it now it's the best film of its year it's in my opinion the best film of bong joon ho's filmography so far which obviously he's got like two films in the works right now coming down the pipeline so it it's gonna be a long, much longer fil- uh, career, mm-hmm. uh, and but yeah, I love Okja, the movie, and that adorable little super pig, our monster. But Brandon, what do it do? <laughs> what that Okja do? <laughs> um, so in this movie, Okja is a super pig. That's what they call it. Um, Looks more like a hippo. I was going to say, it does kind of look not quite like just a bigger pig. There's definitely some differences. Like, the ears are way bigger and floppier. Mm-hmm. More and can look kind of like a bit of like an elephant. And then, um, interesting enough, when I read about like when they were designing Okja and like the super pig creature, they took inspiration. Their main design choice for the face was a manatee. With like that the big that makes sense. The big like you know, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting how that worked out. So they really focused on creating like this lovable character. What was what's really interesting is that Okja has one nipple. Yes, indeed. One <laughs> giant nipple. It kind of. I mean, that kind of shows already that even in the movie, the first time watching, before you really know about the genetic experiment, you're like. Listen, that's a that's not quite something. <laughs> not how nature works. Yeah, no. Character design one on one, right? You notice Okja surprisingly veers against traditional character design things when designing a cute animal. Cause its eyes are really small. That's the thing. Its eyes are tiny. Like there's this whole big thing where it's like, oh, you want to to create more appeal to a character to make you like, you know, fall, you know think it's a baby and stuff it goes back to you know babies have bigger eyes compared to the rest of their head you kind of have those proportions for like any character look at uh disney films like the classic ones but especially nowadays like elsa and anna from frozen their eyes are massive you know it's good that babies have really big eyes because <laughs> all that shit they talk they better be watching out <laughs> coming for it's, you babies <laughs> exactly you got them <laughs> teach them a lesson <laughs> Listen the boss, baby, you capitalist swine. I'm coming for your kneecaps. <laughs> the last capitalist we hang will be the one who filled their diaper. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, kidding. Um, so anyways, tiny eyes. Okja has small eyes, like a real animal does. And they must have really worked on like the character animation for those eyes. Because, like, you still feel very connected with this, with this, you know, with Okja, despite the small eyes. And I think that kind of shows that you can kind of, you know, if you really know what you're doing, you can break 
traditional character design ideas. Like, I feel like it would have been really weird if Okja had big eyes. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to see it right. It'd be like, what the fuck is this weird monster thing? Like, like you fucking yeah. big, giant eyes. It's like, the design works, and they, they like, made it work, despite it not being the traditional big eye design for things. Yeah. So it was cool. Um, but this, they used CG for Okja. As far as I know, there was no, like... I think there's probably some small practical effects involving pieces of their, you know, club their side or like certain parts like that when they're touching them but most of that is you know most of okja is cg and i will say it is very well implemented realistic cg like this movie was is now four years old and it still looks great like yeah they definitely put a lot of time and effort into making sure that no one i no one brought this up like right when we started the movie where it's like if they want Okja looked like shit the movie doesn't work exactly Unlike Godzilla 1998, where the monster is shit, but it's still kind of enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, it's very good CG, and Okja has a lot of personality with, like, her movements and animation and all that. It's crazy they got, like, five people in that suit, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's not suitimation, folks. Nope. It's, uh, it's all CG. As far yeah. as I know, it wasn't motion captured, because that'd be really difficult. Like a bipedal character, but it's got Andy Circus on all fours. <laughs> I am Okja. I did everything. Poop bullets. <laughs> yes. So we discussed uh, Okja's special ability. You know, uh, Godzilla has atomic atomic breath. breath. Uh, you know, Mothra has wing hurricane power. wind flaps. Hurricane wind flaps. You know, even uh, like, Bira has the key to our hearts. Exactly, key to our hearts. Okja's got poop bullets. Poop bullets that have plot significance. Yeah, Okja, when Okja poops, Okja poops by, uh, ha- it has to be worked out of her, uh, by Miha, the main character, little girl. Uh, she has to pat Okja's butt and rub it a bit, and then Okja will shoot poop bullets out, uh, usually into the water, but in a very plot-relevant time. <laughs> at a pursuing businessman. Yes, and stops him in his tracks. So yeah, Okja is a very good-looking film. I was most impressed at the sequence at the end of the movie where there was just, like, hundreds of Okjas. And I'm like, that is... That would must have been very intensive to make, like, in the computer. My goodness. Very well-looking, very good-looking movie. Yeah. Well, definitely holds up. And I think it'll continue holding up because of how they implemented it. Yeah, so uh, any other What That Monster Do stuff? There's not much for Okja. Okja's the only monster in... I mean, there the are very, There are is... variations on the Okja design throughout, which is interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the Okja that gets shot at before our Okja, uh, with, the, with, like, the cattle gun. Yeah, uh, the cattle prod. That one's right. got, like, like, a splotchy skin design. Uh, the trigger warning... For, uh, for sexual assault for this whole episode, I'm realizing because the oak there's a male Okja that rapes our Okja, yeah, and well, he he he's kind of got a more gorilla y look to him. A little bit. It's kind of hard. It's dark. Yeah, he's just very muscular in the front. Yeah, that might be more of a bull thing, actually. I think it's more of a bull thing. Yeah, but, but I mean, we can just touch on that now, and then... Yeah, like, let's just talk about the Okja rape now. We're I, out of what that monster do. We'll start yeah. with that. I'd like so, to do that, and yeah. then we can just cover it, and then, like, you know, we can 
Yeah, just, just skip through there. a couple. Skip forward a couple minutes if you don't want to hear us talk about this. Yeah, and then you'll you'll be all sad. We'll that, keep it brief. That's a really tough sequence. Yeah, I think the only thing that makes it like I don't know. I feel like it would have been so much worse if it wasn't like the environmentalist looking in on it, and it was just you could see it. Yeah, but it is. We get like an image of the male Okja on top of our Okja. And then it They're cuts like screaming to, and yeah, it cuts to the the ALF. Uh, just watching it horrified. Yeah, and we can hear sounds until they rip the cords out of yeah. the uh, speakers. But yeah, it's it's a rough sequence. It's one of the only things other than, I mean, like the violence is really towards like the end of the movie, and um, you know the the the, the prolific f bombs. I would say there's only a few moments where I feel like, oh, this is not, like, a more PG-oriented... Yeah, this is, uh, could, yeah, the early parts of Okja, despite some errant uh, fucks uh, that are very funny, it yeah. feels more like a family movie. Yeah. Like a, a madcap family film with a message. But as it gets more in-depth and less glamorized about the... Uh, the meat industry in particular, yeah, we get a lot of ugly and a lot of violence. Yeah, so yeah. it's all really, um, I guess, the end of that t- part of the discussion. Yeah. It's about, it, it's messed up. It, it's, it's, ooh, it's really gross. But thankfully it is brief and it's like mostly off screen most of it but it's not gratuitous it's not gratuitous i feel like it's a very important part of the film it's very important to bong joon ho's messaging it is not exploitative uh but yeah let's so moving on to the story uh everyone brings their eight game in this fucking movie oh it's so good and the directing is so great especially the shots can, are so comedic sometimes. Like, my favorite shot in the movie is they're like Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's like a a Steve Irwin type. Yeah, but like uh, washed up, drunk. Like, yeah, it's like tries too hard, does not have the charisma he thinks he has. Yeah, like the pre the the prologue to Okja takes place like ten years before the rest of the movie. And with an announcement of this super pig contest, yeah. and at the time we're supposed to we're supposed to understand that at the time, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like a huge superstar in the animal like for animal yeah. stuff, top shit. And they talk about oh like you know we had this pig and oh it was just a miracle like this miracle super pig was born in like some rural yeah. farm, and then. But then, when the story proper starts, uh, it's ten years later, and he is—he's still attached to this project because it was ten years ago when he was signed on. But his star has clearly faded a lot to near obscurity. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and, and but so, anyways. Joan Hall's really funny in this movie. Joan Hall's every line Joan Hall has is fucking phenomenal. He's doing like he's giving the weirdest performance, and it just works. 
Yeah. He's... <laughs> uh, I... Like, he does this thing where he is clearly, when the cameras are off, he's an extremely coded gay flamboyant man. Uh, and But then the second the cameras are on, his voice, which is, which is very high-pitched and gravelly, and he's very swooshy with his movement, uh, he becomes more steady and... He drops his voice to a low, the low Jake Gyllenhaal voice we know, and it's clear, okay, he's performing outdoorsy man's man for the show, <laughs> but in real life, he's like, he's, he's an effeminate yeah. uh, man. He's a very effeminate man. Uh, but, yeah, so, um... But, back to the shot, yeah, which favorite, is how we... Your favorite shot. That's so, so good. You know what shot it is. I know. We but pulled, so, pulled it out. We're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> so the shot is they're in like this glass board, this board, one of those stereotypical boardrooms with like glass uh, walls into the office. And she's a. And uh, Tilda Swinton, the antagonist, both antagonists of the film, because she's she twins, uh, she's talking about how. They need to replace Jake Gyllenhaal uh, from being the face of their of the company, and we couldn't see him before because he was in this shot. The shot stays steady, yeah. and it's been like that the whole time. And there's like a glare against the wall, but then the second she says that, slowly Gyllenhaal just kind of wheel is on a wheelie chair and he pushes it out of the glare into a spot you can see through yeah, like between like yeah. two of the board members shoulders yeah. and he's looking and then like he like runs into the room he's like hey what's up what's going on yeah. and like it's funny because tilda swinton uses the same exact wording that she did when she hired him yeah where she's like he or like in the 10 years ago she was like he will be the new face of our company and then like yay great 10 years yeah. ago and then um, when she's talking about Miha, right? Yeah, Miha replacing him as the she's like she will be the bright new face of our company. Yeah. Exact wording, and he's like, <gasps> so it was it was wonderful. It was so good, it's so good. It, he's great in the movie. Tilda Swinton is excellent in the movie. She, who obviously she's she's a holdover from Bong Joon Ho's pre. Uh, preceding project snowpiercer in which she was the uh in most uh critics opinions and in my opinion she ran away with the show in her supporting role uh, you've seen snowpiercer right yes i don't remember what role she had in it she's the uh she's the the you are a shoe a shoe does not belong oh. on a foot Oh, and she's she, like all makeup out to look like decrepit, yeah. but like she, it's so. Yeah. Tilda Swinton is just um, extremely good at playing out of touch aristocrats. She is. <laughs> Name me one role that Tilda Swinton is like. Oh, I'm a lay of the land. I'm a farmer. <laughs> Fuck, I'm sure I could think of one. Like, I'm not saying she's typecast. It just seems like she's really good at playing those characters. Yeah, uh, nothing's coming to mind right now. I, Arrest. There's a reason that every time the Coen brothers are making a movie about uh, 
out of touch rich people she's in it and every time they're making one of their back their backwoods people movies she's not in the cast <laughs> yeah so yeah the acting is really great in this movie but um Unless yeah, she's secretly so also steven root <laughs> but um but then we could probably break down like the plot of this movie yeah we should probably go through the plot yeah, so, so people who people... did not Watch Okja, cannot mm. understand the plot. If you don't know, it's on Netflix. It's, and it's not one of those things where it's licensed by Netflix. It's out by Netflix. It's going to be there in hopefully like 20 years. Yeah, if you watch this episode uh, of Podzilla, King of the Cast, long after the podcast wars have happened <laughs> and we have been laid to desolation by some British usurpers, <laughs> then... You'll know that uh, you'll you'll still be able to watch this on Netflix, but uh, remember the good times. <laughs> war, war never changes. But uh, so, but yeah. So the plot of Okja. Uh, so Okja opens with Tilda Swinton giving it, who uh, playing her first role, which is Lucy, is that sister's name. Uh, the new C- who's the new CEO. Of her family's company, which has her her, her co- the company's Monsanto's. It it's got like a different M name, but it's very clearly Monsanto. It's a giant global conglomerate co- company that used to make that used to make chemical weapons for v- the Vietnam War, and now focuses on agri- agricultural. Uh, products uh which is exactly what monsanto's is mm. her, her first line is like wow what a girl boss <laughs> which is like my grandpa was terrible terrible to these hard-working people but yeah yeah uh but yeah so she's giving a speech about you know our company has a very ugly past but i'm here to bring it in a bright new direction mm. away from the direction of my father and sister and uh, we learned throughout the movie that she hasn't brought it in a different direction at all. She's just put a more publicly acceptable face on it. Yeah. Non-GMO. Commentary. Organic. Girl boss. Gatekeep. Gaslight. But yeah, so she gives that speech and reveals, Oh, a miracle pig was found in Chile. We've get bred it for 24 other miracle pigs, and we're, we've spread them around the world to different farmers and asked them to use their traditional farm uh, farming uh, methods, and we're going to see which pig turns out best in 10 years, uh, and which first, and she ends it with the line, they're going to be healthy, they're going to be happy. But most importantly, they're gonna taste it's fucking, fucking delicious. Are, oh, is it fucking, fucking good? good. Taste fucking good. Like, most importantly, they need to taste fucking good. Which is such a good line, and it gives you the idea of what the tone of this movie is gonna be instantly. Yeah. Then, like, if you if you yeah, oh yeah family turned that on, they know. Yep, this is not PG. <laughs> yeah, but, that's your that's your indicator. Then we cut to ten years later at in the South Korean farm that was chosen, in which Miha is hanging out with Okja, when one day, 
after the 10 years are up, uh, and her father, her grandfather, she lives with her grandfather, failed to uh, buy Okja from, from the company. Uh, they want it uh, because she's grown attached to Okja, and Okja loves mm. her, and sort of ambiguously, they might be able to talk to each other. They keep it pretty ambiguous. Yeah, but they seem to have a connection. Yeah, they ha- they they definitely connection. have a connection, but whether or not they can actually like literally communicate is something that's hinted at, but they keep ambiguous. Yeah, they don't go they don't give Oak just subtitles. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so she So the company comes, uh Okja's the winner of the contest, the best, healthiest pig, and she and Okja is carted off uh, to be brought to America. In between that, she runs away to Seoul. Well, before before that, um, yeah, the grandpa takes her aside, and says, "Oh, let's go see your mom and dad," and they go to the gravestones, mm-hmm. and then the grandpa gives her a golden pig, or instead, and says that you know, this is like a traditional gift yeah like marriage things and like you're a little young but i couldn't buy oaksha for you so i bought this yes i bought this for you mm-hmm. and you know she storms off and or she likes you know she storms off with the golden pig and smashes open their their uh their piggy bank their piggy bank and just starts grabbing handfuls of coins and she runs away to soul well before that though yeah. one of my favorite one of my really interesting uh shots where when she's about to leave and he's like, listen, like, you know, yeah. and he grabs like a red marker and he draws on Okja. Yeah, about, he like, draws on a picture of her and Okja. He like lines out the different parts of meat and tells her this is what she is. This yeah. is what she'll be used for. Yeah, it's like, it's like loin, ribs. Yeah. Like, this is what's, you know, this is what fate she's going to have. And, but then she runs away to Seoul and in... The most fun sequence of the movie, as an extended, ex- there's an extended chase sequence. First, mm. that starts with her breaking into the, breaking into the offices of the company. Oh, it's so good. She just uh, calls the she, receptionist, doesn't get anywhere, says, so, fuck it. She runs at the <laughs> wall, at this glass wall, breaks through it. Uh, is being pursued by the receptionist and the security guard, sees Okja, runs down, jumps, uh, is chasing the co- the truck Okja's loaded into, jumps on the truck, uh, jumps off the top of the truck in just in time to avoid the top of a tunnel and is hanging off the back. When the ALF finally enters the movie, who are an environmental activist group like like PETA, but far more sympathetic. I guess they're a real organization. Really? Yeah. Huh. Up. I thought real. they were named that just because it's funny that their name is Alf. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, the ALF uh, gets involved with the car chase by ramming a truck into the truck with Okja in it because they're trying to steal Okja. And she... And, but... Miha gets Okja out of the truck, and she's riding Okja, rides Okja through a mall, 
And uh-huh. now the authorities and the ALF are pursuing her. She ends up with the ALF on their truck with Okja, where the ALF reveals their plan is they're going to take o- replace Okja's tracker with one they can record uh, footage of the factories with. But she's done to say, we only are going to do this if we have your permission. And she... You know, this whole time, they're only speaking English. Yeah. They, and one of the... Yeah, they're all members. Americans and and Australian. Uh, and one of the Americans, played by Stephen Yun, uh, played by Academy Award nominee Stephen Yun, uh, is, uh, speaks Korean as well, because uh, he's a Korean-American, and he's translating for them. But then when she says, I'm not okay with this plan... To take trans- Okja back into the mountains. He trans to keep the mission going. He translates it to the rest of the group as, as yep. She's yeah, good. she's good with it. Let's go. So yeah, then there's this amazing shot where it's like, okay, now we're all set to go. One of the funny shots of the movie. They go, okay, and then they, one of them looks out the window, and there's just like a hundred police yeah. cars. It's just we haven't realized the whole time during this low key conversation after the car chase. The car chase has still been going on. <laughs> there's literally uh, an OJ Simpson amount of police cars <laughs> chasing their truck. Yeah, and but anyway, so she. On when collecting her and Okja back, uh, the company gets starts getting bad press because she uh, because they their guards were a little rough On with pulling girl. her out of, with pulling yeah. Miha out of the truck and just the optics were bad. Yeah, so they decide to bring Miha to New York to reunite with Okja uh, at the at the ceremony for the unveiling of the winner of the Super Pig contest, which uh, is Okja. She yeah. won hands down. And they br- so they're bringing her there, and like she's going along with it because they promise her, hey, you do this, you do everything we say, and Okja goes home with you. And, but then ALF you reveals at that ceremony the footage that... Uh, the footage we're talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, the earlier, the earlier messed up footage of bad footage. how bad it is in the containment of of the Okjas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the corporation calls in the police to do their bidding and start beating the shit out of ALF protesters, which is, what a wild fantasy where a corporation will get the cops to do their bidding instead of the interest of the people. <laughs> Fantasy land. Fantasy oh. land. Oh, that's Bong Joon-ho having a laugh. <laughs> How unrealistic. Yeah. I'm playing up my sarcasm more than I would if this were in person to get that everyone listening knows I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> but yeah, so that happens and because yeah. of the disaster of just how bad this this friggin' riot that breaks out is. There is this beautiful moment during the start of the riot where when Okja and uh, Miha? Yeah, yeah, Miha. When they first meet, like, they, they embrace each other for a minute, but then, like, and then Okja, like, hears the things and noises and stuff that happened from the recording, and, like, basically has, like, a, like a 
I don't know, like, what would you call it? Like, a PTSD episode or something? Yeah. And grabs Miha's arm and, like, chew, like, bites down on it. And, and then, then, like, the, um... The head of the ALF, uh, uh, Paul Dano's character. Mm. Dano? Dano? I think it's Dano. I've always said Dano. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, but he's, like, who's sworn to, like, no violence. Immediately pulls out his big black, like, what is it, like, a big metal bar or something? He, he grabs the mic stand and... He's about he's to like, whack Okja with it. Yeah, because he's like, he's not a fanatic. He knows that, like, he can't just let a little girl get fucking murked by this thing. Yeah. Just so to, he's trying to, you know, hit it to, like, let it, to for her to, to let get, go. To let go. But, but yeah, then right, she catches it. Yeah. And Miha catches it in her other arm. Yeah. And holds it. And then, like, Okja <laughs> lets go. And that was really pretty. But, yeah, so. Pretty much most of the ALF gets arrested there. Mm. Lucy's fired as CEO and kind of left to the dogs to uh, face the legal repercussions yeah. of the entire yeah. riot. One of the fun parts um, yeah. that happens during that and then the riot sequence is the 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 Korean American guy who can translate who translates it wrong. Yeah. Once they the doing the recording things and you know they're like oh this is super terrible. And then the um, the guy says, you know, oh, I'm. He admits that he's translated wrong. And oh, then, Paul Dano beats the <laughs> shit out of him. Yeah, and it's so fun because he's keep he he keeps in the same tone of voice for the entire movie. It's very calm, cool, collected thing. Yeah, and he's just fucking wailing on the guy violently while keep it while talking very calmly and saying, "You, you should disrupted our vows." Yeah, <laughs> you don't mistranslate. Translation is sacred. Translation is sacred. Remember that, folks. And then when he comes back, when the, yeah. you know, they're about to all be taken by the rioters, and then all of a sudden, her and Miha and the leader guy get into the black van that's been suddenly there, and who else is there but the but the guy? Yeah. And they're like, whoa, you came back, and he's like, yeah, then he has a tattoo. Of translation is, is sacred. sacred. <laughs> Just a fresh tattoo. Yeah, but Okja gets captured during yeah. that. Only Miha, uh, the translator guy, and the leader escape. Yeah. That whole cast of the ALF is fun. They're all yeah. fun. And it's got some, you know, it's obviously, it's Paul Dano, who's uh, probably most well-known to people. If you're watching this before 2022, or listening to this before 2022, uh, so when it releases... He's most well known to you probably for either Little Miss Sunshine, in which he plays the the uh, son the son who is uh, taken up Buddhism and a vow of silence, or for There Will Be Blood, which is also excellent, uh, and is in which he plays uh, a priest uh, who's a preacher, not a priest, a preacher who is going toe to toe with Daniel Day Lewis's main character uh over the uh day lewis's uh wish to oil drill in their town mm. oh, it's such a good movie yeah. you have you seen there will be oh, blood yeah it's awesome yeah but, it's, it's, it's a modern epic like it's great so um but yeah so uh that him stephen young who i'd like to think of as being the dad from minari because that's his best role, and it's so good, and he got an Oscar nom. You probably know as Glenn from the, from the, walk, the Breaking Dead. The Walking Dead! 
The Breaking Dead. Oh my I was about God. to say The Walking Bad, and I corrected by the Breaking Dead. Yeah. You know, in such classics as hiding under the dumpster to avoid the zombies, and then he gets beaten to death anyways. Then uh, This isn't a spoiler. Who I hope yeah. you don't care about that show anymore. Then uh, the one female member that every group has to have is uh, played by Lily Collins, who's been in some stuff. Uh, Emily in Paris, uh, and other things, I'm sure. Uh, oh, abduction! She's the female lead of abduction. Yeah. Guys, I don't care what you what people say. Abduction is a fun movie. I stand by my love of abduction. Oh my god, is that the fucking Taylor Lautner oh movie? Oh my god, we watched that in school. Do you remember Nolan? I didn't watch it in school. We had it in school at one point. We were in different classes in school. Remember? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Most of them. But I, re- I remember. I remember we watched that in school. I, I like, this is something. Abduction is so bad it's good. This is not an abduction podcast, though. This is not Lotzilla Tale of the Lotners. Got <laughs> it. Is, <laughs> this is... But yeah, so it's all good. I remember one of my favorite quotes from the from the environmental people is the one guy's like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, <laughs> that one guy. Oh, yeah, so he's... There's a joke character whose thing is... He's trying to keep as little of a carbon footprint as possible, so he literally refuses to eat any food <laughs> because all of it has been, is pretty much all of the readily available food is somehow bad for the environment through pesticides or whatever. Uh, and yeah. and there's parts where... But he is played by... Are you familiar with the Diary of a Wimpy Kid films? Mr. He's Blowy. fucking Roderick. He's Roderick, he? yeah! Wait, are you telling me Roderick rules? Yes, he does! <laughs> Roderick rules and becomes a eco-terrorist? Yeah, Roderick is based. <laughs> based in Roderick build. <laughs> oh, fucking god damn it. Um, and also That's why, that was... What I found when I was Googling on my phone, and I said, I'm saving this for the podcast. That's why I was so excited about the news that he was Roderick. Because I saw him, and I was like, he looks really familiar. If Roderick becomes an eco-terrorist later, it's like, you know, you know, man, he's going to be a fucking libertarian. (laughs) (laughs) You just know it. And then fucking Greg Hefferly is going to be a dumb liberal. Greg's an enlightened centrist, if I've ever (laughs) seen one. (laughs) Greg is... Greg is going to write in his diary, voting is stupid. <laughs> I, the, they just, whoever you vote for is equally bad. <laughs> I'm not voting anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't been caught up in the diary with a kid books. Maybe it gets to his mid twenties and those are what it, he writes about. <laughs> no, wait. Not my time. Greg's a young Republican. Make America Greg again. <laughs> Ow. 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 Jeff Kinney would absolutely hate this conversation. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jeff Kinney's not a Republican. He's got pretty weird Twitter. And weird people on Twitter are generally leftists like me. So. <laughs> are you, are you, are you call-out posting yourself right now? <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh my goodness. Um, so Fregly though, fucking Fregly, definitely. Fregly watches Candace Owens twenty four seven. 
That kid deserved the cheese touch. <laughs> you didn't expect the cheese. The cheese touch is just another flu, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> That took a second to fully get. <laughs> I'm not getting vaccinated against the cheese touch. I don't know what they put in there. <laughs> it is a 99% chance that I will not get the cheese touch. So what is the point? Listen. Listen. The cheese touch doesn't exist. But China sent it over here. And Donald Trump saved us from it. <laughs> He himself absorbed all the cheese touches <laughs> into himself, and that's how he, and that's how we we survived. I bet Dire Wimpy Kid was not a tag you were expecting to have to put on this episode, Brandon. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I went on that tangent of who are, who's who in the eco terrorist group just so I could bring up Roderick. But yeah. I'm trying to find a... Yeah, never mind. Uh, so anyways, the... Oh, we haven't gone on a commercial break yet. Yeah, commercial break time. Woo! Then we'll get the the last act of the movie out of the way. And, mm. and then such. some final thoughts and stuff. But it's hot in here because we have to turn the AC off to record, so I need a drink. Oh, yes. So... so play, play the trailer for Roderick Rules. <laughs> Greg, I'm not going in with a stain on my pants. Fine. Greg. Did you drink all the soda? <laughs> Rowley. This is what happens when we go to sleep. I'm never going to sleep ever again. Fregley. Sharag. Patty. Don't make me beat you up again. Manny. Holly. Hi, Fregley. She thinks I'm Fregley. It's gonna hurt. And Roderick. Get in. <laughs> In a whole new chapter of the wimpiest saga of all time. I'm in the ladies. It's about time, little bro. You learn the secrets to an easy life. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Roderick rules. Rule number one, always lower mom and dad's expectations. I took a math test today, and I'm pretty sure I flunked it. Oh, Greg. But look, I got a C minus. At least it didn't fail. And we're back. And we gotta move away from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And we got, because this is not a pun on our title using Diary of a Wimpy Kid words <laughs> that I can't think of right now. Because it's hot as fuck in here. Mm. This Rod, is. It's not Rodzilla, King of the Rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. 
Godzilla nerd of the kids. Got it. Yeah, so Okja. So we're on the final act. I wanted to bring up for the break, um, I thought it was really funny how the environmentalists were like, <laughs> be like, don't worry, we are not, we're not terrorists. We're not any terrorists as they have like guns and like yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. But anyway, so where we left off in the plot is... Uh, so yeah, old... Okja gets... So... The, uh, they... Is... So Okja gets snatched uh, by the company during that riot. The Most of the ALF is captured, but uh, Stephen Young, Paul Dano, and Miha escape. Uh, and and uh, Tilda Swinton's character, Lucy, is uh, blamed by the company for it and fired. And her much meaner sister, Nancy, who's a twin and also played by Tilda Swinton... Is instated. Uh, oh yeah, and so then the uh, then uh, we find out that the environmentalists are taking Miha to try and save Okja by bringing her to the plant where the Okjas are kept, have been bred and killed. Because the Okjas, the company's been lying about uh, their plan of. It's not like naturally bred Okjas around the world. It is they're they are made in a lab. And Tilda Swinton uh, has a great line about this actually where it's like it's not it all the little white lies you have to tell to eat you up, but it's not our fault that people are so paranoid about GMOs. Mm. And you know there is there is a, there is something to that because GMOs have been an overly vilified uh, thing. Corn, basic corn is considered to be considered yeah. GMO because um, they used to be little tiny little baby corn things, and then they kept um, selectively breeding them, and now look at the corn things. Yeah, so it's, but you know, she's also. Making a horrific factory of of where Okjas go, which are clearly, like, Okja species clearly has something bordering on human intelligence. Yeah. Like, they are, inte- like, Okja herself, she's she can use problem solving uh, at yeah. a human level. She clearly can reason in her yeah. mind. Uh we're shown this uh, through her actions multiple times. Like, there's a great part of the opening where Miha kind of falls off a cliff and is holding on by a rope. And Okja, the rope's slipping, Okja's got in her teeth. Mm. Uh, and Okja has the idea to run across the, uh, to run across the cliff until there's a branch there. And she uses it to pulley, to, as a pulley to, uh, Drop herself down because she can take the fall and it's a lot bigger, yeah. And pull Miha up to the top of the cliff, yeah, which is very high level beyond any animal thinking, yeah. Like they called super pigs, but they're definitely more intelligent. Like pigs are already pretty smart, yeah, so more than a pig, yeah. They're so, but yeah, they go to this place and it's horrific and. Okja's about to be killed. Uh, 
Paul Dano and Stephen Young are arrested. They're mm-hmm. caught and arrested. And yeah, like it's big. Like what I learned to at the beginning, when I talked about like the you know yeah. hundreds of oakjas in these big pits. Yeah, and these big like pits with like little some like little baby oakjas running around. Yeah, like really messed up stuff. Like typical slaughterhouse things. Yeah, and it's but she saves Oakja, and this is why Brandon made me stop and come back to the detail about the gold pig uh, she was given as a gift by her grandfather mm. because that's what she uses to buy Oakja's life with from the CEO because the gold pig is valuable. Yeah, like literally Oakja is about to be uh, whatever yeah. that thing is, the cattle thing? Yeah, a cattle prod, So, which is yeah. like a, it's a, a pressure, like a an air pressure gun with just a bolt in it, and it yeah, pushes psh. the bolt for it into their brain, and like yeah, it's like instant kills them. Yeah, so it's, it's like the you know they've done this. You see, like do it to a few previous like yeah. the, the Oakja species, and then Oakja yeah. pop, comes up, and it's like right at the last second before the guy pulls the trigger. Yeah, and it's like yeah. So then she uses the golden pig to buy Oakja, and then cheeks. Yeah, and as yeah. she's walking out with Oakja. Uh, they walk through the fields where the oakjas are kept, which have electric fences, and a mother oakja uh, lifts the fence up enough, taking on the electricity to let her baby oakja out. Yeah. And or it's like it's parent oakjas. Yeah, like, two parent oakjas. Like uh, they're like lifting the fence up so then the baby can make it through. Brandon makes sure. Men are included. <laughs> well, it's both of them. It, it is. I'm, I'm giving both. you a little bit of shit, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and Okja hides the baby in her mouth and takes her out. And yeah. and they're, then, like, as they're leaving, like, all the other like, the the parents o- start. Yeah, like, all the Okjas do, like, a, a unifying, like, lay, I am lay, like, 101 Dalmatian style howl. Or is that Lady in Madrid? Which dog movie is that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like that kids movie scene where like all the dogs across the city of London start howling in in solidarity. I think it's 101 Dalmatians because it's like like they use as a big radio message from one side to the other or something. I don't think Lady in the Tramp even has like drama like that. What is the plot of Lady in the Tramp? Is it just that a lady and a tramp want to be together? It's that couple Italian dudes play some music to see some dogs. When the moon hits your eye like a big beat, that's some more. Okay, but so. So the baby Okja gets saved, and the parents are happy, and the rest of the Okjas are happy about it. But not too happy because they are are all going to die horribly. Yeah. Which is where I get to the bittersweetness, because, like, Okja itself ends on a happy note. The main character makes it out and is and you know is happily living with Okja and a future generation of Okja. Yeah, a uh, baby. But they don't stop the evil corporation. Yeah. The evil corporation just gives in because they pay them uh, to mm. to save one Okja and the entire ALF is now arrest is arrested and going to probably be in jail for a very long time. Yeah. It's a happy ending, but not a hopeful ending would be how I'd put it. 
We said it the opposite before. Okay, yeah, maybe it's yeah. I, I'm on my bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> so it's just it's it points towards a problem has not been solved by the end, but there is hope it could be. Yeah, that's that's kind of where it leads off. The plot has been solved. The story has not been solved. Yeah, is how I'd put it. Yeah. So, but yeah. Because like there's a the whole thing where they're like, oh, after all this like PR stuff gets out about what you know how the how these creatures are made and everything, and the Tilda Swinscare is like, listen, we make yeah, it cheap. Yeah, Nancy not lose. Yeah, Sorry. she's just like, yeah. she's just like, if it's cheap, no one will give a shit. Yeah, they'll yeah. they'll eat it. They don't care. Yeah. So it's like, excuse you. Thank you. Bless you. So, um, yeah. So the ending was, you know, would have liked to see, yeah, go away, corporation. Woo, awesome. Yeah. I, for the story it's trying to tell, it would have kind of felt weird. Yeah. If it was just like, yeah, the video came out and now, now the dough company's down under. Because, I mean, how many videos have, you know, come out about KFC's chickens? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's very realistic in that way. It can't have the big happy fairy tale ending because it's talking about a lot of real shit, mm. and real shit does not have a big happy fairy tale thing to it. Yeah, so like it's kind of it, it kind of shows that in that she can't even like convince the CEO person to let the Oakja go. She has to pay her. Like, yeah. it's like she has to play within, like, the own CEO's twisted mind to even yeah. get that small victory. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's Okja. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool thing about the Okja, I noticed, though, is that it, the script was written by Boon John ho and Ron Johnson, which mm-hmm. I assume Ron Johnson took the lead on the, uh, on the English dialogue, because he... He's a guy, he's a writer that I admire a lot. Uh, he's, uh, are you familiar with the name? Who? Uh, so Ron Johnson, uh, his most famous thing is a book he wrote called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh, goodness. Which is uh, about Twitter mob mentality. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, it's, it, it gets cited a lot in videos uh, from leftists we like about a on bread tube about a about cancelings and stuff but uh, yeah it's Ron Johnson's a very interesting and insightful dude I get why Guang Junho uh, teamed up with him for this project and you know a lot, all the dialogue is very funny but the dialogue in English is also like just super good so it makes sense now we've got our final game, which we don't always get to play because sometimes there's not something that can be incorporated. Uh, but I think we've got something that can work here. We like to play a game called Make It Gritty, in which Brandon and I both have to pitch how a monster that has not yet made it into the uh, into the legendary pictures uh, slash Warner Brothers. Uh, Monsterverse, how we would incorporate that that kaiju in there. So, how are we going to incorporate Okja 
into Godzilla movies. I did not think that we were going to do this for this one. <laughs> you thought I was joking a week ago when I said this, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yes no, I'm not. Okay, so... Well, I try to, to come go up first? with something. Yeah. Let's have you go first. Alright, so here is my pitch okay. for how we get Okja into these movies. Okay. Godzilla's out there, and he's hurting people, and we don't know why. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, King Kong is in the Hollow Earth. <laughs> and Diving, doing his thing. And the last couple Godzilla movies, one because it just underperformed, and one because there was a pandemic going on, uh, they've left Legendary without wanting to give a huge budget for these movies. So they can't have the big elaborate action sequences we're used to. So instead of finding a kaiju who can kick Godzilla's ass, Milford Roberta Brown, she's going to travel to South Korea and find someone who can teach Godzilla something about love and friendship. <laughs> and that's where Okja comes in. Nice. Okja is going to be... She's going to travel to wherever Godzilla's rampaging. And she's just going to try and be Godzilla's friend. And <laughs> through, Okja's un, through Okja's love and friendship, Godzilla's going to learn how to be a better lizard. And failing that, poop bullets are going to be fired <laughs> at Godzilla. <laughs> That's my pitch for Godzilla versus Okja. Versus Okja. Oh, no. You're right. You're right. Okja deserves the first billing there. Okja versus Godzilla. Exactly. What's your pitch? So, I imagine, okay, so, South Korea. And this film almost takes place in the modern day, so, you know, we have to wait a a few years. So... Godzilla is stomping around Tokyo City like a big, big playground. playground, of course. And suddenly yes. Batman bursts from jade and eats Godzilla with a Godzilla, Godzilla got pissed and began to attack, but he didn't expect to be blocked by Shaku, bleed and open up a can of Shaku. Aaron Carter came out of the blue. When he started beating up Shaquille O'Neal, when they both got land by the Batmobile, before he could make it back to the back cave, a rambling popped out of his grave, pulled an AK 47 out from under his hat, blew Batman away with a rat tat tat, and he ran elbows and he ran away. And Optimus Prime came to save the day. Yeah, okay, yeah, so that's, so, that's that, we got the first verse. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> I knew the whole thing. Yeah. You and Amy. We actually play. did, uh, we actually just did the whole song. He cut out the rest <laughs> of it for time, but we did the whole song. Yes. Yeah. So, um, my catch is South Korea. Godzilla is making his way, what is that, southwest? Yeah, southwest of Japan. Some reason, like migrate, migrate paths or something. In the opposite direction of South Korea. Let me think. No, Japan's like here, and South Korea's like there. Korea so is above Japan. Oh, it's, it is. Okay, it's so north that's of it. Yeah. Northwest. Okay. So he's going northwest from Japan, wherever he's got to go to get to South Korea, and he gets there, and he's like, "I'm gonna wreck up Seoul, right?" And he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess this place up," and he's like. You know, stomping his way under the water, and he's making his way over. All sorts of news reports come on, and you cut 
to the shack, Miha's shack, where it's that old rusty TV and it's playing Godzilla's coming. And then she, she just looks, she just says, I think we're like, you know, subtitles, we're ready to go. Oh, and fuck, I was wrong. No, you were right. You were huh? right. You are right. It is Southwest. See? See? Look at what I, look at, look at that. I had a second guessed myself, which is just as bad. But yeah, Southwest. Wow, Japan's a lot farther north than I thought it was. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. This but, is the um, second time I've been wrong today. <laughs> I was. Oh, I lost money on the other one. <laughs> yeah. So cut to Godzilla. He's about to enter Seoul. He's on the he's on the water. You know he's making his way on the land. He's going to Seoul, straight to Seoul. All of a sudden, he it's a close up of Godzilla's upper body, and he's making his way over. And then suddenly, a giant shit ball, bang, right across the side of his oh, face. Oh, bang! Oh, like slow motion. You get like a fucking like. Is there an Okja theme song? <laughs> we'll write one, right? Yeah, now. be like. Okja, 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 She's gonna fuck your day up, yeah. She's got one nipple. Which kind of looks like a dog's penis. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, all those lyrics. And then smack with a shit pellet. It goes roar. Then smack with another shit pellet. Bang, 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 bang. Looks over. So in 10 years, Okja got a little big. They did not realize from the experiments they did, though, how big Okja would get. So... <laughs> And an additional 10 years of Miha's love, unconditionally, <laughs> Okja is, like, about the size of Ingiris. <laughs> Can I make an amendment? Yeah. Okja also has the ability with the smaller Okja to Voltron into an even bigger Okja. <laughs> they combine into a, the, to a large Okja. Yes, into an even stronger Okja. Yeah. And they go toe-to-toe with Godzilla, and, like, he's got atomic breath, but she's got she's got fucking shit bullets. So it's a pretty even fight. <laughs> and that's... And then Miha's riding... Uh, riding Okja with, like... He's Milford Roberta riding Godzilla? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag girl fight. <laughs> Alright, we've got... We've had two pitches, which is how we end most shows. So we're going to talk about what next week's is. Uh, we haven't planned it yet, but I'm going to say it right now. It's Godzilla vs. Megalon. Woo! We, which was supposed to be episode number four of this podcast. <laughs> and then we moved it for reasons... And because Gigan was in that one, and it's kind of the definitive Gigan movie, but we want to see Godzilla versus Gigan, the Gigan introduction film first. Mm. Uh, so, but we're going to it, and it's considered one of the good ones, so we're excited. Woo! Yeah, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so tell them where they can reach us, Brandon. Yeah. So um, we'd love you if you could shoot us emails at uh, gmail.com. King of the Casters at gmail.com. 
King of the Casters, all lowercase. Send us some Q&A questions, some movie recommendations, anything you want. It'll be fun. Uh, we were planning on eventually doing a Q&A, so building up some of the questions would be really fun to do. And um, mo we're most so uh, active on our social media at on Twitter, at, podville, at symbol, Podzilla C. We post our episode links, updates, all that good jazz. And uh, you can reach us through our podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and RSS.com. We're also on Podcast Addict. We are. So So if you're just in a back alley selling your watch to get your podcast fix, we're there for you. Exactly. We're also, there. podcasts are free. What are you doing? <laughs> We'll be there to take your watch. We will take your watch, but it's a free product. I don't know why you're giving us a watch. Listen, yeah. the, with the whole negotiation thing, though, they give us the watch, and then we tell them it was free. And the watch was a donation. Yeah, okay. That's exactly. See? Business smarts. So, yeah, um, Godzilla vs. Megalon next week. Yeah. See you then. Okja! Okja! Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's kind of effeminate in this movie. Yeah, Even yeah. more so than Brokeback Mountain where he took it in the ass. Woo!